There's mummies and dummies and ghosts that bark. There's goblins and ghoulies that wait in the dark. If you wish to wet your pants with fright, listen to Gaxi on Goosebumps tonight. I'm gonna come. And welcome back to Gatsy on Goosebumps, the only show in which I read and review every single Goosebumps book from R.L. Stein's original series. Joining me, as always, is my co-host with the most ghosts, the Dungeon Master, Sam Rogerson. How are you, Sam? I'm very well, and it's not because of any vaccines, and it's not because of any QR code. It's because of freedom. That's why I'm well. I am on the Joe Rogan podcast every day, and he told me... Listen to all your little freaks. That's what he said. He was, he was talking to the freaks, not me. He was listening to your freaks. Don't do it. And I said, yep, not doing it. So, so yeah, anyway, uh, what are we doing again? We are recording <laughs> remotely today. We are not in the studio because Sam was unable to leave his house because he said there was some, there were some tradesmen installing a kitchen. I said, well, can't you just come down to the studio? And he said... No, no, um, those working class types have some very sticky fingers. I don't know what he meant yeah, by that. I've but got, um, I've got a PS5 in this house, all right, and I don't like going walkabout. <laughs> also, oh, God, I had to move my boss at work, and I, I don't think they're very happy with me. So you know, I had to stay there and be visible and work in front of them because I feel like I'm on borrowed time. I feel like they know what I do enough there, and I feel like it's just not long until I've lost my job. So uh, that, what's scarier than that? Uh, a Gustav's book, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is a very good point, but we're not here to talk about Sam's impending unemployment. We are here to talk about. Can I borrow like just like two? Yeah, grand? look, I, I told you, I told you not to discuss it during the podcast. I told you to get it from Mr. Henderson, and you told me he joined some sort of freedom convoy of trucks outside Canberra. It's not. I just yes, want to talk yeah. about goosebumps. And I'll tell you what if, what: if you've got the jab, you can't join us. You're not coming with us, all right? This is. Are you sure you, Sam? Way. There was very little chance of that happening, even without the jab. <laughs> so we are here to discuss goosebumps number four say cheese and die sam how uh, more like oi, 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 oi. More yeah lay like, it on me uh, lay it on me the, uh, get the jab and die am i right <laughs> am i leaning too far into this character goosebumps number four say cheese and die sam was this an audiobook version for you again it sure was do you ever, do you ever think day. it's worth do you ever think it's worth learning how to read one day, one day I'll go to that ADHD appointment, which I've cancelled in the last 18 months, and I'll go there, and hopefully they'll give me some medication so I can sit down for more than five minutes. If I sit there for so long, you know how hard it is to get out of bed every day, and, and, and you read a book, and you're like, yeah, what am I doing this for? You know what the real what? virus is? The media. Uh, I tell you what, everyone, I keep sharing these links on Facebook, and Zuckerberg keeps deleting them and putting me in the gulag, the digital gulag. Yeah, your plight is exactly the same as the civil rights activists of the 1950s. Exactly the same as the civil rights activists of the 1950s and 60s, if you don't mind me saying. First of all, you're the first person to agree with me, so thank you for that. (laughs) Obviously, you see it my way, my fellow (laughs) spiritual traveller. Yeah, look, I I do want to read the books, but... Oh, mate, I can't can't be fucked by them. They're like the Google Bookstore. Are they on there? They're probably like 10 bucks. Yeah. You've heard me before. I'm like, I haven't got money to be buying bloody... Bloody uh, bump, bumper books. Well, goosebumps. goosebumps. You just you know. You, I think you know what the name of the books are. I think you had to struggle to find a parody yeah, name of goosebumps. Maybe, maybe it's just principle, mate. All right. Maybe, maybe you've had enough of these bloody goosebumps books. All right. My uncle doesn't talk to me anymore. <laughs> I had the first booster, so he wouldn't let me join the freedom convoy. I had to bloody war. Sam, anyway, what? You- what- <laughs> 
<laughs> what do you think? What do you think of the cover of Say Cheese and Die? Do you like it? Have you have you seen it? Do you have the updated yes. version or the original version? I, I have seen it because I use it in my meme that was this is what you look what all the libs look like after getting a dose <laughs> of the five. <laughs> No. Okay, so this was one of the ones when I was a kid. That I yeah. thought the comic was interesting, but I never read it. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know why. Like, mm. This is one of those ones I have like, an absolute neutral opinion of. I was like, yeah, looks cool. Never read it. Essentially, a picture of a picture, a Polaroid snapshot of a family at a barbecue. It's a nice family. They're making burgers. They're chilling out. They're having fun. Typical American life. Oh, what's that? Sorry, who said that? It's Joe Rogan. He just said, yeah, they're all skeletons. <laughs> Let's go, Brandon. Thanks, yeah. thanks for that. <laughs> Stop the podcast. I think people need to understand this is what America will look like next year if you all keep fucking following, fucking uh, getting the Fauci ouchie. This is, this is our reality. Have you not seen the, all the posts on Facebook about how getting the shot is like the Matrix? Yeah, the, I mean, I, the, I have, the, I have the, seen the posts. I have seen the posts about Matrix that. Matrix, I haven't seen how in any way that's actually reflective of reality. Do you know what I mean? I have seen the post. I haven't well, seen the actual data. My friend Jason and, and my friend Ryan told me that in the future, we'll just be living inside pods eating bugs. And so, these, so and these so guys, are, are they, it's, uh, what, are the, what do they do? Are they like um, scientists? Well, or do they... They, spread, they spread the truth, which is what scientists <laughs> should do. So we've got a s- picture of a picture of Polaroid of a family enjoying oh, a barbecue. Oh, oh, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> And they're all skeletons. And the tagline is, one picture is worth a thousand screams. I think that's based on the expression, a picture's worth a thousand words. If I, if I come off a bit loose, I've, I've had a quite a few Coke Zeroses at the moment, which is what I call Coke Zero. And um, The thing about that is you don't know what's in those vaccines, so you better just stick to like Coke Zero. So Are we going to get taken down by service by Spotify? No one? One, no one listens to this podcast, bro. There's no <laughs> chance. The blurb, uh, by the way, this is actually a Goosebumps podcast. We talk about Goosebumps books. I think I need to remind you of that at this stage. The blurb reads, every picture tells a story. Greg thinks there is something wrong with the old camera he and his friends found. The photographs keep turning out wrong. Very wrong. Like a snapshot Greg took of his father's new car yeah, that shows it. my mum and dad naked in some of these Polaroids. <laughs> What's going on there? <laughs> and then Greg's father is in a nasty wreck, but Greg's friends don't you, believe you him. Greg's father's in a, you just think Greg's father's in a nasty wreck? <laughs> Ashari even makes Greg bring the camera to her birthday party and take her picture. Only Shari is not in the photograph when it develops. Is Shari about to be taken out of the picture permanently? Who is going to take the next fall for dot, 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 the evil camera? There you go. Oh, wow. 10 minutes to get through the blur, but there we go. We got it. Oh, the evil camera. Good one, R.L. Stein. You absolute hack. Okay, well, let's, let's not. Let's not. You know, ideally... To be perfectly honest, I've had a few Mercury Heart Ciders. Best case scenario, R.L. Stein comes aboard, co-hosts this podcast. You are shipped back to the island of relevancy uh, where I dare say you belong. Uh, sitting in your fucking land room watching men more masculine than you rearrange your kitchen while you beg for your job back. I've got a lot of sales targets and I'm not hitting any of them, all right? And it stresses me out. Meanwhile, guy forgets to bring his tools. going to be another two hours fixing the lights in the kitchen. Fuck off. <laughs> We are going to implement a original uh, segment that I took the liberty of stealing from another podcast. It's well known to the fans of this podcast, of which there are about three, I think. You have got 
30 seconds to describe the plot of Say Cheese and Die. Are you ready? Yes. Ready and go. Bart, but he's called Bird. Greg is also, his name is Greg. Sherry and um, uh, Mr. Spidey, those three kids find a camera. Mr. Spidey's in the house they find it of. And they take photos, and it seems to either cause or predict future Seven seconds. Final destination. Um, and uh, shit goes wrong for the kids. 30 seconds. So you got the basic premise. I feel like Bart being called Bird is a pretty important part of this whole premise. It absolutely wasn't. You did not need to say all the characters' names. And his name's not Bart either, so you fucked that one up. His, no, name, but, is, um, his name is it, Doug. There is no Bart in the story. Um, Bart! Uh, nope, it's uh, Doug Bird. Everyone called Doug Bird. I'm looking at page one. Um, I don't know. I don't know what you've been listening to on the audiobooks, but here in the classic Sam, uh, Bird is definitely Doug. How Although, long can we start getting some money, some monetary value from this podcast? Uncle Henderson is really twisting me by the balls, and I, I'm losing my job, mate. I don't know whether this is mate. A, this he's he's your look. I I think the last time we were in the studio, he and if I'm remembering this correctly threatened to murder me if he saw me wearing a face mask in the studio again. I think considering he is your mother's brother, you might have a better relationship with him. So maybe you can take that up directly with him. I am very much trying to lay low under his radar. So you can take that with him once he gets back from the Freedom Convoy to, uh, and I quote, uh, keep the bastards honest in Canberra, end quote. That was all I got from the email. Now, Sammy. Your 30-second yep. summary covered the basics. Uh, these four friends, of whom we've discussed various different names they share with, with famous people. Larry Bird, Michael Jordan. Yeah, no, we discussed it. We discussed it. Um, no, that, those are the characters in the book. Yeah, Michael Jordan makes a strange appearance in just one chapter and it's never explained. It might be one that I missed, chapter 18. Yeah, so you said you missed, what, 21 to 24? How did that happen, Sam? The audiobook cut out from 1 hour 17, 22 to one hour 40, I think it was, or something. Somewhere it got corrupted, obviously, in the middle because it makes, like, a high-pitched buzz and it cuts. And it's, like, 20 minutes of silence and then it kicks in again after that. Well, if it's corrupted, it shouldn't be in an audiobook. It should be uh, in a bloody Parliament House. Uh, am I right? Well, uh, patriots out there. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, these four friends find a camera in a abandoned house. Hey, Greg takes the camera. Whenever he takes a picture, it shows something bad happening in the in the picture. It's an instant camera, a Polaroid, if you will. But they find a gun, and next to the gun, there's a note that says, "Oh, I shouldn't have done this." Oh, Listeners, this is Alex, host of Gatsy on Goosebumps, communicating with you personally. At the risk of aggravating my co-host, I need to let you know there is no gun mentioned in this book. All right, Sam has gone off script. Uh, I don't know what's yeah, going on at his house right now. A bunch of used condoms there as well. I don't know what that was. <laughs> no, they, they, okay. To be fair, there are lots of used condoms in the, in this book. I don't know. It was it was a weird thing. Uh, it's, it's in the same chapter as the Michael Jordan appearance. It's really weird. Fuck! Let me get through this fucking book. Sam, what did you think of our? We've got our four characters: uh, Greg, Shari, Bird, and Michael. What did you think of our characters? Well, first of all, her name's Sherry. C H E R I. Okay, Sherry. well, you don't know, dickhead. You well, listen no, to the version. Yeah. Listen to the audio. Okay, 
What do you know how it's spelled? Do they spell out the name every single time they mention in the audiobook? In the actual book, it's S H A R I. I don't know if that's spelt Sherry in America, but my fellow Aussie patriots would pronounce that as Shari. S H A R I. Any thoughts on them um, at all? Not really. I feel like how many more of these are there to go? Uh, 58. Oh, these fucking kids, man. They do stupid shit every book. And it's always really easy to fix it, but mm. it never happens. And the bad guy always ends up being not that bad, but he never just says that he is not bad. So they are always scared of him. Mm. But these kids, these, these fucking kids, man. Yeah. <laughs> these kids, you know, like, what do they do? Like, they just they hang out. They go to the house, get angry because this guy could be homeless and are annoyed that he might be squatting there. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of class disgust. Inadvertently yes. in this book. Like um, he could be homeless. Ah. So it starts off because they're really bored because this town is really boring. So it starts sneaking to this old abandoned haunted house and they suspect that this old creepy guy called Spidey might actually be living in the house. And they yep. just go in there and rummage through his shit and try on his clothes. Now, Sam. This is gentrification like in the form of a book. You know, yeah. they're, going, they're going into Preach. his area, his town. And they're taking his shit that doesn't belong to them and they're trying to make it cool and sexy and yeah, they're finding guns and condoms and cameras and it's like, fucking leave it alone. Let's put aside the very, very real correlation between homelessness and things like mental illness and drug addiction. Let's assume that the person who is squatting in that house isn't an addict or isn't mentally uh, disturbed in any way. Would you go up to someone's shit and just, like, there's clothes there, they just start wearing on and trying out? Would you do that, Sam? You're a pretty bad person, but I don't, I don't think even you'd do that. No, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. So they find this camera, and whatever they take produces a negative version of what they see, and that eventually comes true. Can you remember some of the pictures that Greg takes? Yeah, his, friend, his friend's dressed up like Hulk Hogan. He's... he's um hot-dogging around upstairs mm. near the railing. He's got the feather mm. boa on, like, the real American Hulk Hogan. Like the Hulk, and, um, yeah. And um, he starts to do the, let me hear it from this side, and he puts his ear to the, to the railing, falls. But before he even falls, he takes a photo and it, it predicts that he's going to fall off. I feel like this is a um, uh, like an issue that, like, philosophers battle with. It's like, you know, is fate real or is what I do in my life creating my own fate? Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, mm. I feel like, you know, is this camera creating bad things or is this, this camera warning about bad things? He takes a picture of his friend on the banister of the, of the old house and he takes it before he falls off the banister, but it still shows him falling off the banister. Then he takes a picture of his dad's sweet new car. What happens to the car, Sam? Well, it turns out they've stolen the car, which is absolutely no, criminal. No, 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 no. Um, oh, sorry. No, yeah. The car's all smashed up like there's been an accident. Yeah. And at this point, Greg, I want to take a de- detour here and say, Greg, I get massive himbo vibes from. In the TV adaption, he's portray- portrayed by a, a young Ryan Gosling, who is obviously a very attractive man. But it mentions it mentions in this book that he's good looking and muscular now i don't know how many like fucking have you seen 12 i i I don't think you can be good looking or muscular at 12 anyway but he's he's you know he's meant to be like quite good looking but he's clearly clearly very 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 dumb because he's like he suspects that this camera either predicts bad things or causes bad things to happen and his way to test this is to take a picture of his brother 
Terry, which seems yeah. quite dead. It's like pointing a gun at someone and going, oh, let me check if this is oh, loaded. loaded. And firing. Yeah. That is an excuse to write a dumb or bad character. Like, yeah. That's like me making a game yeah. and then just saying you, you play the game I've made and you're like, well, this game's really boring and it sucks. And I go, well, it's actually about a boring character who sucks. Um, therefore, if you find it boring and f- or find that it sucks, yeah. I've actually won. Well, I do That's that whenever I'm accused of racism. Like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm portraying a character who is actually racist. And that's why I should be um, allowed back at uh, university, despite what those uh, SJ, yes, SJW yes. cucks say about yes, me. Yes, the, the, the Jared Leto method of um, <laughs> using people and being like, whoa, isn't that weird? The Joker would do that probably. Right, we've all, sent, we've like, all sent anal beads and used condoms to people. Stop fucking pretending yeah, like you're fucking holier than now. They find those condoms in this book in that man's house yeah i know it's It's weird it's weird because like the whole chapter is just a description of what it looks like and what it feels like it's really gross it's listeners listeners of gutsy on goosebumps i need to warn you what we've just described did not happen in any book there is no mention of the word condom or even a description of something that could potentially be a condom throughout the course of jared letter was there in the same same chapter as michael jordan it's a weird it's a weird book and then so greg has got pretty good idea that this camera seems to be causing bad things to happen but his friend shari well she just doesn't seem to care and she really really insists that he takes it there to her birthday party and i don't know why he agrees to do it seeing as yeah, he's point, like oh i guess i'll bring this thing that maybe possesses the ability to kill anyone at any time with me like at the worst, at the wor- worst thing that's going to happen is his friend is going to be pretty, like he's going to be kind of pissed at him for not bringing the camera. Like yeah. you don't have to do it, bro. You like again, that's yeah. why I get like himbo vibes. He's like, oh, yeah, I, I better do now. it. And then sure enough, he takes it to a birthday party, snaps a picture, and in the picture, Shari is gone. Seconds later, uh, sorry, uh, sorry, listeners, this is me, uh, Uncle Henderson. Yeah, uh, you, we've missed the part where. Bird is playing baseball and uh, he takes a photo of him and he's on the ground and dead. But uh, uh, Sam missed the part where he came back alive again. So for the second half of the book, Sam was under the assumption Bird was dead. So anyway. what Sam's describing, even though he's describe- talking about in the third person, is I missed the part where he also takes a picture of their friend Bird, who is uh, who is not a bird, Birdo. or, or Larry Bird. Um, Larry takes, David is in this one, and he has used No, no, no you, are, you are throwing too many. You are confused. If a fucking God help you, if this is your only reference for understanding, say, cheese and die, because you're, you've got the word camera, and that's about it at the stage. Yeah, he takes a picture of his friend Bird, showing him, like, knocked out by a baseball with his neck broken. And then there's a bit of a fake out, like Bird recreates the photo and they're like, oh, you dickhead, you, well, they don't say dickhead. But anyway, then it happens for real. So yeah, clearly this photo with this camera is causing bad things to happen. Shari doesn't care. Gets a picture taken at a birthday party. Shari disappears. And I thought, Good I know, you may have missed this part in chapters 21 to 24 um, because you don't have the ability to read actual books. Oh, slash have ADHD. Oh, 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 I get distracted by bright colours. Oh, oh, I can't concentrate. Just settle down and fucking do your schoolwork. Okay, look, I'm going on a limb here and I've had like three mercury hard ciders, but if you have ADHD, you just need to try harder. Can you just not? Can you just stop doing it, please? It's just, it's distracting for everyone else and you need to stop. Yeah. 
don't know if you got. I don't know if you got the sand, but there was quite a real moment where, like, the police are like talking to Greg about Shari's disappearance. Did you get that? I don't think I did. I I got Shari like returning, like like, I got her returning and like her ringing Greg and being like, "Oh, I'm home." And like, well, then you did get it, Sam, because it happens after it. So please, what you were just you're just keeping an eye on the on the working class in your kitchen, making sure they didn't steal the silverware, which they wouldn't, because you got it all from Kmart anyway. Yeah, still trying to pretend it's an heirloom. The the cool trade is like, "Oh, what are you you listening to, bro?" And I go, "Uh, "Goosebumps, say cheese and die audiobook," and they look at me and go, "That's." Epic, fucking epic. Didn't happen though, did it? Um, well, who can say? No, well, I can. It didn't happen. Feels real when Shari goes missing. Uh, I'm talking just to you in the audience. Sam is excluded from this because he forgot this part of the book. No, but- I, that, that part that was the most scariest part of the book is because that was felt the most real. It was like, oh. A missing kid is terrifying. It, it sort of br- breaches into that real, that real territory, which was, yeah, which was quite good. And also at the same part, I don't know if you got this, Sam. Greg goes back to his room and he finds that it's been torn apart because Spidey has been looking for the camera that they stole from his house. Did you yes. get that part, Sam? Yeah, I got that part. It's, it, this reminded me of the show Dark because I was like, maybe Spidey is one of them from the future who's like, don't use the camera. You fuck everything up by using the camera. And he's like, he's this, this Spidey is Greg, but older. He's come back to kind of like right the wrongs that Spidey Interesting. Did. Well, there's no time travel in this, but uh, yeah, Spidey. Uh, and again, if I can just, uh, if I can just read a segment here, again, this is sort of an example of it becoming sort of real horror, I guess you could say, sort of where it breaches yes. supernatural and becomes quite- Home uh, He pictured Spidey, the dark figure creeping along so evilly on his spindly legs. He pictured him inside the house, Greg's house, inside Greg's room. He was there, thought Greg. He poured through all my things. He wrecked my room. Greg stepped back into his room. He felt all mixed up. He felt like shouting angrily and crying for help all at once. But he was alone. No one to hear him. No one to help him. Actually, that last part, but he was all alone. No one to hear him. No one to help him. That sounds like... I don't know. I hope I'm okay saying this, Sam. The time you got your um, sports uniform stolen in the middle of cross country in um, 2009 and you were stranded in the middle of um, sort of the woods without any clothes. Is that a fair assessment of how you felt? Well, that is what I told everyone when I was caught dogging in the woods. I said, <laughs> oh, I'm on cross country and I've lost my clothes. <laughs> but yes. And the yes. police said, wow, again. <laughs> <laughs> they said, Sam, you haven't gone cross country for 12 years. I said, well, I mean, yes, but I, I'd like to retrace my steps every now and then and, you know, just remind myself how tough cross country is. That's why I'm sweating so much and there's so many used condoms everywhere in this book. Listeners, if you if this is the first Gatsy on Goosebumps podcast you've listened to, references <laughs> to used condoms are few and far between. This is just one particular episode where they it seems to be oh, mentioned. I worked every... so hard today, mate, and I'm just well, I'm worried it's all for naught. So, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, i got to please have some money. We'll pay the tradesman. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's still there. The pay, he's trying to extend the podcast for as long as possible because as soon as it ends, he's going to have to fucking. No, I want him to them. stop working. I want him to stop working because I can't afford to pay them for what they've already done. So, oh my God, don't make it worse, fellas. Just pack up your tools. Go home. <laughs> we get a bit of real, real, I guess, like classified as real horror there. And then we also get this part where 
Greg meets up with his, this is the part where Shari is missing after having that photo taken of her. No one knows where she is. No one's got any fucking clue. Quite creepy. And Greg decides, look, I've got to take this camera back to the old Kaufman house, as it's called. I've got to return it. Hopefully that will return everything back to normal. And he meets with hey, his two sorry, other friends. Sorry, sorry you go. Okay, yeah, no, it's fine. I wasn't talking or anything. Go on. What was that? I wasn't talking or anything. Continue. Ah. Oh gosh, I'm glad then. If Spidey knew where he lived somehow mm. and knew yeah, yeah. room somehow and was looking for the camera, yeah. why didn't he leave the camera on his bed and then just like let Spidey come and take it and then like, he'll uh, never be him again? Because in that particular situation, because Spidey looked through his room while I believe he was at Shari's birthday party with the camera. Why doesn't he just like leave it on his doorstep the next day and be like, well, fuck it. He obviously knows where I live. I'm just going to leave this out here. He'll come and get it. And then he can just leave. And then I'll say it's incredibly, incredibly dangerous, Sam, just like placing the bait for some. It's not a trap. Just let him, just let him get it. Yeah, but in, in your, in your, what, what in your, in your, what, you, what you leave it in your house, to try, you leave it in your house to just wait for him to collect it. On the front doorstep, get a lockbox. Well, how's Spidey going to get the key for the lockbox? Oh, well, leave that on top of the lockbox. Well, then yeah, what if yeah. someone who's not Spidey comes along, gets the key and opens it and takes the camera? Oh, I don't fucking know. It's no, no, you don't. Thing. No, you don't know. All right? No, you don't know. So he meets up with his other friends, Michael and Bird, and he, he says, hey, guys, let's put put the, put the camera back in the old haunted house. And then at that moment, they're, I don't know if you got this part, Sam, they're confronted by two bullies. Uh, did you remember? Yes, I've got, yes, got this part. I yeah, know okay. there was two bullies. Just checking. One called Michael. No, the friend was called Michael. Oh, well, maybe he turned on them, right, because he realised they were doing the wrong thing. He did not turn on them. And essentially, they're only introduced towards the very, very end of the book. And they're these two bullies. They try to grab the camera from him, but Greg and his friends grab the camera and run away. These bully characters are only sort of introduced to uh, play a role in the final cliffhanger. Michael and Bird are a bunch of, um, I don't agree with the natural inclination of many people to assign weakness feminine attributes uh but having said that they act like a pair of pussies and they let all those bully at school for, for pursuing dance and the finer arts you always the, that was that was because you were quite bad at dancing like you'll be the first to admit that right no i was incredible at dancing and you broke my legs because you you told me that listeners if you were if you if you are listening if you have made it this far the leg-breaking incident was entirely coincidental. It just so happened I was driving that uh, forklift at the same time Sam was uh, limbering up ready for his tryouts. It was a bad situation. It was an unfortunate coincidence. Sam would never dance again, but I think we should look on the bright side, which is Sam never danced again. So as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> listeners, it's done. We don't need to talk about it anymore. And I'm sorry for derailing the conversation about goosebumps by listening to Sam's Ooh, sad dreams. Oh, I couldn't be a dancer. It's not interesting. You want to hear about a haunted camera? Guess what? Here it comes. So Greg returns the camera to the haunted house where he's confronted. Oh, sorry. Shit. In his frustration, Greg Tears up the photo, which you can't do with a Polaroid photo, can you, Sam? You can't tear up no, a Polaroid. No, no, you need to cut it. 
you do. You need you need a blade. Anyway, just in this universe, you can. He tears up his Polaroid photo of Shari missing, and then he gets a call from Shari. Shari is back. So I guess it, all he needed to do was tear up the photo, and that brings her back. Wait, there's a, there's a whole bit where he's like, "Ah, oh, she was back two hours ago. Two hours ago." I wrote up the photo two hours ago as if he had done so many other things in that two hours. He just couldn't remember what else he'd been doing all day because he was just so busy. <laughs> yeah. Himbo again. And so he tears up the photo somehow and that brings back Shari and they both say, all right, let's go to this old house where we got the camera from. Let's return it. They return it and they're about to put it in the same sort of secret compartment where it was originally and Spidey confronts them. Do you remember Spidey's backstory, Sam? Because he was the inventor. And him and his partner created this like camera that was supposed to be really good, but he stole it from his sidekick. He was evil, but then like his partner was more evil or something. Mm-hmm. So like it became evil. Yeah. I fucking hate this when Iron Stone does this, when he fuses sci-fi with magic. Spidey's story is, oh, I'm a scientist. My partner and I invented this camera. Oh, we realized we could make a lot of money off this camera but I decided to steal this camera. So what my partner did is put a curse on the camera so that bad things always happened. He partner dabbled in black magic. Stupid. And he's like, well, so I've dedicated my life to making sure no one gets this camera. I've lost my family and like everything to make sure no one gets this camera uh, because it causes bad things to happen. Okay, so here's the problem right now. The partner puts a curse on the camera to make bad things yep. happen. So what was it? before he put the curse on it. They already decided. So are we, is that what we're going with? This was the man who invented the Polaroid camera and then. Yeah, and it was going to ruin all the, all the developing businesses. So they had to, you know, they, it was going to expose the business by showing them that you didn't need to take your photos to get developed. You could just get them developed by the camera itself. That is possible because he posits that they were going to make a lot of money off the camera before he puts the curse on it but like what was it going to do before it puts the curse on it maybe that's it or i mean i maybe it's possible that it just it just the camera showed the future and that's what it did originally and the partner put the curse on it because i couldn't accept that it was just a normal polaroid camera my thought went to oh maybe the camera told people what was going to happen in the in like in the future in a good way and then the curse maybe made it that like it just made bad things happen instead of showing what could happen. But it shouldn't be up to us. That should be explicitly explained in this last part. Yes. This is very much just him going, and then the camera went bad. Well, look, my critique is always don't mix sci-fi with fantasy. So don't have a scientist inventing a camera and then also have a magician putting a curse on it. I sort of like when, you know, people do riddles and it's like they tell you a riddle and then the actual answer to the riddle is goes against the world they've I know you've, you've yeah I know because you've discussed this before, with yeah. before it's like no you're not yeah, yeah. you're not fooling me you just cheated you just lied about yeah, the concept yeah. that's what this feels like we don't find out the, the machinations in the camera it's just yeah. ah curse is cursed isn't it ah fuck it could be so many cool things like someone used that camera to take a photo and in that photo they saw that someone had been killed in the background yeah and then from that on it was only ever taking photos of people just before they die or something like that. Similarly with Monster Blight, it's like everything bad's happening, oh, because a witch put a curse on it. And he says, well, you've given back the camera, but I can't let you leave. There's a tussle. Spidey accidentally gets a picture taken of him and dies in fright. They leave the camera there. We think that's the end of it. But then those two bullies we just mentioned, turns out watching the whole thing, they don't seem disturbed that a fucking guy died right in front of them. Their main concern is getting the camera 
and they take a picture of each other. That's the cliffhanger. They've got the camera. Yeah. One of us needs to badly use the laboratory. We'll be back in just a second. I don't At ease, rookie. Declan Art here. I've seen a lot of things in my 22 years in the SAS, some of them good, most of them bad, and I want to share my experience with you. In my new cryptocurrency podcast, Elite Investments with Declan Art. The world of cryptocurrency is a jungle, not entirely unlike the jungles of the Congo, where I may have been deployed in 2001 on behalf of Her Majesty's government, I'm not allowed to say. But I can say that there are many pitfalls that first-time crypto investors fall prey to, and that's where I come in. Whether you're after funky bits, dogecoin or cum rockets, my podcast will make sure you're armed to the teeth and ready to fight to the death in the online crypto market. Hesitant? That attitude could get you killed in the streets of Afghanistan, where I may also have been stationed. I must retreat. Listen to Elite Investments with Declan Art from Anderson Entertainment, wherever you get your podcasts. Sam, something I wanted to mention prior to the ad break, but uh, one of us needed to use the bathroom. We find out three things about Spidey in sort of this, well, three interesting things in this final sort of segment here. Number one, he's much, much older than he originally appears. Number two, he is a scientist. And number three, that his name is Fritz Fredericks. Sam, what nationality does that make you think? Uh, of? A German, a German Nazi. Well, I was going to say German, but yes, that is my essential thesis here. The spider's name is Fritz Fredericks, he is really old and he's a scientist. I put it to you that he was an ex-Nazi scientist rescued yes. or kidnapped or recruited from the Germans to work for the US government as part of Operation Paperclip, um, which is all about swooping so, up ex-Nazi scientists. And he yes, had also also I just want to add that um I know that the Russians stole all the Germans' camera plans when they took over Germany at the end of World War Two. That so, is really yeah. what, specific, specifically cameras. Yes, the cameras. Yes, so like all the all the factories that made all because Germany makes like incredible cameras, and they did this especially in like the late nineteenth century. And when World War Two happened, the Russians seized all the factories in Germany and like all the all the blueprints and stuff, and they took them back to Russia and made really Russian versions of good German cameras. Well, that German is interesting. Stuff. Does that make you think that Fritz Fredericks was sort of a Russian double agent trying to maybe make a camera that makes bad things happen so he could, for example, take a picture of Ronald Reagan and then Ronald Reagan would die? Is that what you're thinking? Which Look, regardless of if he worked for the US or the Russians, I think it's fair to say that Fritz Fredericks was at one stage a Nazi scientist. Is that fair to say? Do, do, you, do you think he generally, generally like, like Stein, literally, like, meant this like genuinely i don't know if it was any other name i wouldn't think of the nazi connection i know what you mean that is such a nazi name to me yeah yeah, i did i thought that was a nazi thing look knowing how much thought he put into these books and this is not a slight on the man the man wanted to get paid who can blame him? Uh, it wasn't man. much thought. I would probably say no, but I think from the text, you know, uh, death of the author, it's the text that, yeah. that reigns supreme. So I think also, in this text, does say a lot of, a lot of very anti-Semitic things in the back half of the book when you find yeah, out it's, yeah. so, it goes on a few tirades about who owns Hollywood and stuff, and it's a bit... Right. You yeah. Know, now, you, you're, aware, like, you're aware of the Jewish heritage of Varel Stein, right? And that's what makes it so weird. <laughs> All right. 
Sam, I've got a cliffhanger yes. clanger for you. Um, I tried listening out to these and I didn't hear any. Cliffhanger clanger. Cliffhanger clanger is where R.L. Stein, because he, to his credit, wants to keep his readers reading, he'll try and end every chapter on a cliffhanger and sometimes it doesn't work. And this is one of the few, few occasions where he hasn't tried a scary sort of cliffhanger. So this is uh, the end of chapter nine uh, where Greg's just found out he's going to go for a ride in his dad's car, having already yep. taken the picture of the car and seeing that it gets wrecked in the picture. I'm being yes. silly, Greg thought, trying to shake away the feeling of dread that had taken away his appetite. Okay, dad. Great, he said, forcing a smile. I'll come. Are there any more potatoes? Terry asked. That's the end of the chapter. Wait, that's it? Yeah, are there any more potatoes? God, that sort sucks. Of humor? Yeah, it, that yeah. Sucks. I think, look, I think to his credit, I think it's him trying to be comedic, but it's very, very rare for him not to try and add a scare on the very last line of the chapter. So that, <laughs> that is, is that is that is some fucking two broke girls level of writing. <laughs> now it's time for a favorite segment of ours. Uh, in which Sam pitches a sequel based on what we've already got. Get ready for Stein, drop me a line. Stein, drop me a line. line. Sam, there is a say cheese and die again towards the end of the original series. You haven't read it. So tell me, if you were writing say cheese and die again, what would the plot be? So... Greg is in college now and he's um, taking a photography class because um, like his therapist told him it's the best way to get over his fear of cameras, like, you know, like get, get amongst it and you, you'll, you'll get past it. And his first assignment is like, you go to the camera part of the, of the university and they mm-hmm. just say, take an old camera and take it out for a spin. And um, he sees a girl there who he wants to ask out on a date and like in his class, the first few semesters. And as they're getting their cameras out of the camera box, she picks up a camera and it's Spidey's camera. Mm-hmm. It's the bad guy's camera. And then as as he's like watching this happen, he sees a kid get told to go speak to the dean of the university. Mm-hmm. And they, they say, oh, go, go to the dean's office. It, it's, on, it's on level three of building H. And he looks up to level three of building H. And there's a big portrait of the dean. And the dean is Spidey. I see. So you go. He has you. a lot of premarital sex at university. Okay. He's, he's, okay. And he goes on a gap. Right. And who knows it's the camera? That's, who cares? Yeah, look, most most of that sounded pretty good. And we'll see how much of that is reflected in Say Cheese and Die Again. Pretty certain there's a one-for-one exact replica of what happened. Yeah, to that look, we'll see thing. in about fucking 2027 when we finally get up to Say Cheese and Die Again. But that is Sam's pitch. That was uh, Stein, drop me a line. Stein, drop me a line. Final thoughts. What did you think of the book? Oh, look, I did. It wasn't scary to me, and the scary parts that I found scary, I wouldn't have understood them enough back when I was a kid to find them scary. The parts that I found interesting were, again, because it's a book series written for you know young teens. What? Never. Are you serious? Actually, fuck. (laughs) I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying that, like, you know, as much as he, you and I can pull apart all the. Or the, the class issues and the anti-Semitism that R.L. Stein keeps for some reason shoehorning into his books. Yeah, I didn't hate it, but I didn't like. It wasn't one that I'm like, that's a that's a that's a top twenty. It doesn't make my top twenty. That's for, that's for sure. All right, give me a out of five. 
Can I do half stars? Absolutely not. Huh. Sam, there's no, there's no what, rules. What, if you if you want to give it a two point five, you can give it two point five. Yeah, I'll give it two point five. The fact that good good reads doesn't let you do half stars is, I think, criminal. I but, think um, I think it's quite responsible, but that's just my opinion. No. Two point five, very middle of the road for you, obviously. I think it's a good concept, a camera that causes bad things to happen. I think that's a pretty solid idea, and it's done pretty well. I'm sort of annoyed by how dumb Greg was. The and twist how, really killed me. You, you, well. You've had the, no, the, 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 no you've had you've had your moment. Leave it no, with I'm, you. I'm trying to context why I gave it a bad review. Yeah, you because know, it's I think well, two point five isn't bad. Two point five. That's a that's a that's an average rating. That's a yeah, middle of the road. Uh, but I'm just I think that some I'm of the view, some of the viewers are starting to get annoyed about you being a fucking centrist on the fence. Like two point five middle of the road. Oh yeah, both sides are equally bad. Like fucking, what do you stand for? That's what some of the people are commenting on our, our post. I don't know. I don't. Oh, that's that's for them to say. As I was saying before, um, my co-host interrupted me. I think it was a good concept, executed pretty well. I was annoyed with how dumb Greg was and how willing he was to keep taking pictures, even after he'd worked out this was an evil camera. But again, massive himbo vibes. Again, that sort of ending was convoluted. R.L. Stein chucking, not convoluted, but R.L. Stein either stick with a sci-fi explanation, you're a scientist, or you're a magician. So for that reason, I think it's still pretty good. I'm going to give it three out of five. Oh. Okay, well, actually, yeah, me too then. I, when I said 2.5, I was just joking. I also give it a three. Right, because you said 2.5. Yeah, but that yeah. was before. Now, I, I, I heard your review. I went, you know what? Yeah, that's a three. There you go. He's a real man of principle, Sam. And um, I am. And now I've got on the – now we've done a star rating. I've got on the agenda uh, item 10 final items, this general chit-chat. Uh, Sam, how are you? Oh, I feel like I've made it pretty bloody clear how I am, mate. Yeah, no, right. This is a bad segment to introduce. Um, next time you join us, we'll be discussing Goosebumps number five, The Curse of the Mummy's Tomb. You excited for that one, Sam? Curse of the Mummy's I Tomb? Am. I am. I, although I feel like he should have he should have called this one book um, five, book mumbo, uh, book number five, Curse of the Mumbo, Mumbo Number Five. Too. Right. So what you're presumably doing is making a reference to Mumbo Number Five because it's the fifth Goosebumps book. Is that correct? I can neither confirm nor deny. Right. Well, I can confirm, and uh, yeah, that's exactly the kind of content I've come to expect from you. And um, it just and no, I think it speaks for itself. I don't need to say anything. I please, why not follow me on Instagram at Goosebumps podcast lots of oh uh, you'd like that wouldn't you i would I, 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 I would i would dog. sam i would sam um there's yeah, uh, grub. i don't know what that means there's lots of good content on goosebumps.podcast on instagram <laughs> well, okay well it's it's all right it's you know it's, it's okay it's not terrible it doesn't hurt anybody and if you want us to to take the show live like by all means like we can do that if we get enough financial contributions so oh, can we oh, instagram oh, live this on your Christmas page can we have instagram live Yes, we can. Yes, we can. But the question, <laughs> yeah. the question is, Sam, if it was just us and no one was watching, would we continue doing it? And I think the answer is yes, yeah. we probably would. Yeah, exactly right. We love the sound of our voices so much. We've got literally yes. nothing else to do in the evenings. And on that heartening note, I think it's time to wrap it up. I've been your co-host. With Alex, the most ghost? With No, uh, yeah, fine. And uh, Sam? Yeah, well, I've been me. In the meantime, though, before we unravel the curse of the mummy's tomb, 
thank you for listening and please stay spooky i really need a new job Gadsy on Goosebumps is a literature podcast, a co-production of Henderson Entertainment Network and Equinox Petrochemical Solutions. If you'd like to listen to more stirring podcasts or hear about how the petrochemical industry supports your local community, please visit literature.com. That's literature, L-A-T-T-E-R-A-T-U-R-E.com.